Welcome to Weaver Beyond the Numbers, where Weaver professionals talk about business and accounting. We'll explore a wide variety of topics from tax law and accounting standard changes to managing cyber, fraud, financial, and operational risks. What do these issues mean to your business? Join us as we go beyond the numbers to find out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Weaver Beyond the Numbers. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of the show. Now, today's episode is Confessions of a QSA, an introduction to the payment card industry data security standard. And joining me are two subject matter experts who are going to be breaking down all of this for us. First, we have Kyle Morris, Manager of IT at Advisory Services at Weaver. Kyle, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Glad to be here. Excellent. Thrilled to have you along. And also joining us today is Trip Hillman. He's the Director of Cybersecurity Services at Weaver. Trip, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Excited to be doing another one. Excellent. Excellent stuff. So, Kyle, get us started. Tell us a little bit about how you got into PCI and tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Um, so, I uh, bo- born and raised in Dallas. Um, I started at Weaver about eight years ago now. And um, a few years into my career here, we had a client, um, a, a service provider, uh, start getting asked by several other customers, hey, do you all know anything about PCI and this thing called a report on compliance? Um, and at the time, we really hadn't done anything with it. And we said, sure, we can we can figure it out and kind of help you with that. And um, so that's kind of morphed into today of of where we're we're doing, you know, PCI full on, you know, helping helping people with self-assessment questionnaires or SAQs or doing full on ROCs for, you know, Fortune 50 cloud providers to small merchants to SaaS solutions. So it's been kind of a fun journey. That's exciting stuff and uh, and some really interesting work that you're doing. So, um, so Kyle, break down. What is the PCI DSS? Yeah, no, it's uh, other than a, a funny acronym. Um, it was uh, it was something that was created back in 2004 um, by the major card brands. So think like Visa, Mastercard, Discover, Amex, um, JCB. Um, it was something. It was kind of a form of, of self regulation, if you will. There was a growing um, uh, there's growing fraud in the, the payment card space. So think like your credit card or your, your debit card. Um, and so there was a need to kind of, hey, hey how can we come together and, and protect this? And so they created this thing called the uh, data security standard, um, which applies to organizations uh, that store, process, transmit, or could affect the security of cardholder data. Um, and so in, in really what that means for organizations that it applies to, it can be anything from a, uh, an annual self-assessment questionnaire, kind of, hey, let's go through this checklist and say yes or no, or do we think we're doing this with a kind of an attestation? Or it could be, hey, we, we need to bring in a third-party independent, you know, qualified security assessor um, to, to do a full-blown report on compliance audit. And I, and I think that adding to that, that's, that's where we've seen a, a lot of different people in, in using PCI. Uh, and so the, the needs of what is bringing people into Weaver uh, for PCI, you would say we, Weaver's an accounting firm. I, I don't put PCI together. Well, th- that's what we get to do as part of our advisory division. So, so Kyle and I both play in this space, and we get to to focus on all things cybersecurity as part of that consulting effort. Uh, and the really neat thing about it is, is that our work has expanded to address what the market needs are. And everything that Kyle's describing was a market need that we were seeing from our clients. And the interesting thing is, is that I think Kyle, if you can you know, I think expand upon this is the who does it apply to that we've talked about piece and then the who actually ends up using it. These are where the really interesting intersections are for us, Tyler, I think, is that we we think of these things as applying to people that, you know, process credit card data, just like Kyle described. 
but there's a lot of people that are using this as compliance is almost a competitive advantage. And so if I can add a sticker to my organization to say, uh, I am now PCI certified, that may make your life a little bit easier. And I know that we'll talk about that more as we expand. But Kyle, I think that, you know, when we use the Redbox servers, uh, you know, I think I think let's 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 talk about that and, and get that out there for everybody. No, for sure. I, I think one of the, the challenges we have is a lot of times with some of our clients that are service providers, you know, they say, hey, we have a customer that's saying we need to be PCI compliant, but we, we don't store or do anything with cardholder data. Um, and so it's kind of an interesting predicament that they're in. And really what Trip was getting after, it's a, it's a compliance is a competitive advantage. And so really it's kind of shifting for that organization what they're probably already doing for other compliance efforts like a SOC 2 um, and saying, okay, hey, this is what you're doing. Um, let's let's add to that from a PCI perspective. And so PCI, it's, it's kind of built up uh, with more than a little over 250 requirements. Um, and notice we're saying requirements. Um, that's a little different than other you know, compliance initiatives that I think organizations go through. And, and that's that PCI or the, stand, uh, the Security Standards Council kind of dictates how or, or what you have to do from a security perspective. Um, and then more so, you know, um, on the actual audit side. So when you have an assessor come in, um, it PCI Council, you know, the Security Standards Council dictates what an assessor has to do um, from a testing perspective. And so it's it's a lot more black and white than say maybe a SOC 2 where you have a specific criteria um, and it's up to you, the organization, to define how you achieve that criteria. So it's, um, for, especially for service providers, it, it becomes more difficult, you know, when they're they're asking, hey, wh why does this even apply to us? And so it's it can become a square pegs and a round holes and, and how do we fit, you know, what you're doing into this PCI requirement, um, you know, framework. Absolutely. You know, and cybersecurity is such an important topic these days and uh, a lot of conversations around it, a lot of news stories about it that, that you see, right? And so what are some of the challenges that you see with organizations implementing PCI requirements? What, what, what do you identify as maybe some of the main challenges there? Yeah, I, I think that there's two things that really come to mind. Um, number one, and I think this is probably no surprise to most people, but it's scoping. It's what do, wrapping their head around what, what do we actually need to include in this assessment? What does this apply to from an environment perspective? Especially going back to our previous example where an entity might not even store, process, or transmit cardholder data. How do we figure out, you know, this, where do we draw a red box from an audit perspective um, and, and look at this from a scoping perspective? And so um, that's, that's kind of a bit of a challenge. Um, the other one, in all honesty, I think is just maintaining it. Um, uh, a lot of organizations, uh, they'll put a lot of resources into kind of the initial um, phase, audit phase, um, and to get PCI compliant. Um, but then ultimately what happens, you know, once the auditors have left, that, left the report's been issued, uh, some of these recurring things fall through the cracks, whether it's vulnerability management, even training, uh, some of the, you know, secure development training that might have to happen for your engineers um, or, uh, you know, the ASV scans, the quarterly ASV external um, scans that have to happen. So those fall through the, the, uh, the cracks. And so we actually did a, a blog blog post a few years ago on kind of the, those challenges and some um, a guide that uh, the Security Standards Council released a few years ago to kind of help organizations figure out, okay, hey, you know, we've, we've become PCI compliant. Now, how do we maintain it? And I, I think those are the, the things that we encounter the most, Kyle. And I think, I think that we could expand upon the, the other kind of unstated challenge is usually who's driving this effort, who's championing this effort. 
inside the organization. So everything that we've been talking about to date is, you know, a, a, is a technical requirement, a need. And really there becomes a, a human capital component of this, of who's going to drive and champion this effort. It's adding to the day job of, of somebody else, right? That, that somebody needs to go out and implement all of the things that Kyle is talking about, and that's added added work uh, to to a daily schedule, right? And so it's really making sure that there's alignment um, of this compliance effort with the business needs, and making sure that there's somebody there that can tell that story fully to say, "Hey, this is this is a pain point. This is what we're doing to address this, and this is why we're doing it. This will ultimately help serve our customers' needs, or it will allow us to do um, certain business transactions or achieve a particular goal." Uh, that's on our roadmap. So somebody that can can be the unified voice uh, to tie all of the different things together that need to happen for this effort. And no, and Trip, that's a that's a good point. And I think one of the the largest aspects of this is is kind of when you're going down this this path of trying to achieve PCI compliance. When you're building your processes, they need to be built into kind of business as usual, um, as well as kind of develop and foster a a culture of security. Um, and so it, it doesn't necessarily feel like one more thing I have to do on top of my day job. It's already built into the day in and day out processes. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. And I'm sure that there are things that uh, that organizations can also do to prepare for a PCI DSS assessment, right? So what are some of those things? How can they make sure that this is a smooth process for everyone? Yeah, um, you know, it, oftentimes it, it's not smooth. Usually the first the first go around, it is it's a big hurdle for most organizations to climb. But I, I think the ones where it's not quite as painful, um, where where the folks involved have actually done some a bit of homework, um, actually, you know, understand why do we have to be PCI compliant? Is this from our merchant bank um, or our bank that's dictating this, um, or is it a contractual requirement with a customer? Understanding what what are those requirements helps in terms of you know what type of report we have to do, whether it's a self assessment um, or a full blown um, you know audit by a QSA company. Um, and then I think, do we actually have a good understanding um, uh, of what's in our environment? So going back to the inventory, you know, do, do we do we know what this would apply to? Um, and, um, and and then ultimately, I think reading the DSS um, and, and some of the guidance that the Security Standards Council has um, released. I think one aspect is in the, the DSS, the standard itself, there's actually a guidance column that kind of lists out um, uh kind of what the intent of the requirement is. And so I think that adds additional color to what um, what they're expecting, as well as if you actually go read the report on compliance, you'll see in there um, kind of a list of test procedures that the QSA or auditor, when they're coming in to do their procedures, the exact things they have to do, whether it's inquiry, observation, inspection, um, you know, sampling, it tells you exactly what they're going to come and look and do. And so what that does is that helps you prepare and add flavor to, you know, the documentation that you're preparing for a particular audit. I think the other thing is, you know, Kyle, those are all key elements of, of things that organizations can prepare. I think the one that we see, Tyler, a lot of people gloss over is a good, what Kyle said, a good understanding of what's in their environment. That, that sounds very simple, but in practice, there's a lot of things that are known to an organization that may be uh, knowledge retained in people's heads. And so when they bring an outsider like a QSA or a firm like ours uh, to come in and do an assessment over the environment, there's a lot of time spent just sharing knowledge on what is it that we have? What is the inventory? What are all the components? And oftentimes we're found with, well, it's this really tight core knit thing. 
And then that, that comment, you know, and, and what else is connected to that? There's a lot of third party services that get brought in. There's a lot of other things that are connecting in and people are stating, you know, well, do we really have to do that? And, and so we're having to have conversations about that scoping that goes back to what Kyle said earlier, but understanding what you believe the environment to be and what are the components and laying those all out in a succinct manner is one of the, the key things to being able to have meaningful discussions on scoping so that we can get those boundaries set appropriately. Fantastic stuff, guys. Well, you know, throughout this conversation, uh, I've heard a couple of kind of jargony terms uh, used, and maybe not everyone might not know uh, exactly what some of those mean. I think, uh, Kyle, I heard you mention SOC earlier. Uh, there's also Rock and AOC flying around as well. So give us some of the the the, uh, the lingo here. Tell us what some of this jargon means uh, and catch everyone up and get us all on the same page. For sure. I think it can be a bit of alphabet soup sometimes, you know, with especially in the PCI world, it, they have acronyms for everything. Um, and so some of them, you know, self-assessment questionnaire, um, SAQ, that's one of the, um, the easier things from a compliance perspective, because like like it sounds, it's truly just a self-assessment um, uh, of, of what you think you're doing. Um, uh, or one of the other terms I might have mentioned was ROC, uh, report on compliance. Um, this is something that is uh, filled out and completed by an independent QSA or a qualified security assessor um, um, and th who comes in and does an independent audit. And you might have heard AOC, um, attestation of compliance. Uh, really what that is, is where you, the, the merchant, the service provider, or you as the organization are attesting um, that, hey, we did a self-assessment, we did our own internal evaluation, and we believe we are PCI compliant. Or we, um, we facilitated a QSA to do testing, and we feel, based on their results, we are PCI compliant. And so that's really what the AOC is. Good stuff. Good stuff. Always good to define our terms and uh, make sure everyone's on the same page. So, uh, so Kyle, what's your favorite thing about PCI DSS engagements? What do you What do you really enjoy about this? Yeah, um, I I think I like the. It, it almost can feel like a, a puzzle sometimes, especially for first time assessments. Um, I really enjoy the scoping aspect and trying to figure out. Okay. This is what the organization is doing from a business or service perspective. How can we apply what they're doing to, you know, this rigid set of requirements, um, you know, or especially for for organizations that are using maybe modern infrastructure uh, stacks like um, serverless or container orchestration. You know, when you look at the DSS, it doesn't really mention those things. Um, it, it was kind of written years ago and, you know. Um, and so uh, it doesn't mention some of those modern deployment architectures. And so it's kind of fun trying to figure out how can we apply the standard to something that's a little more modern. You know, it feels like we're putting, you know, square pegs in round holes sometimes. But uh, I, I would say that's probably one of my favorite parts of it. I, I think that's absolutely right. I think that's what we work the most on. Um, a lot of these things, you know, can be relatively uh, clear cut, uh, black and white, so to speak, you know, of, of how to apply a particular requirement. And those conversations that we get to have with clients that Kyle's describing of, of really, you know, people that are doing kind of, you know, front of the industry uh, things, they're, they're, they're doing, you know, Kyle used serverless containers, all of those types of technology components that are, you know, more or less on the bleeding edge of what's, what capabilities are allowing for right now. And then trying to apply this particular set of criteria of requirements to that architecture and, and for how each individual environment is, you know, the nuances of that is one of one of the more fun things that we get to do. So we're taking what is a very clear cut standard in working with clients to make sure that we're interpreting it appropriately for their particular environment, their their implementation. Uh, not not everything may be the same from from client A to client B. 
And so using the ability, our, our experience and judgment and, and knowledge of the criteria and, and the intent of what the framework's trying to achieve, that allows us to really, you know, have some really unique conversations with some of the some of the brightest people we've, we've encountered. You know, and speaking to that, I remember there was several years ago we were, uh, Tripp and I um, were sitting in a room um, with, you know, 20 or 30 engineers with um, one of our clients who's a, who's a cloud provider. And we're sitting there listening to them. And these are the people that kind of invented and fully designed a major, you know, um, infrastructure as a service or, you know, or platform as a service offering and kind of walking them through, okay, hey, here's, you know, your your service, your baby that you've created. How can we fit what you've created into this PCI realm? And I just remember sitting in that room thinking, this is this is awesome. Um, and it was just a, it was a lot of fun. And I think ever since then, it's kind of driven my passion to from a scoping perspective. So guys, as we begin to wrap up our conversation today, how can you and the Weaver team help businesses on the path to PCI compliance? Just uh, give us an idea of what Weaver does and how you go about helping these businesses. Yeah. Um, you know, so Weaver, we are a full service accounting firm. So really what that means in the traditional sense, accounting firms are, are tax and audit. Um, but we also have an advisory arm where our, our um, IT advisory and then cybersecurity practice uh, falls under. And so I think with with being an accounting firm, you know, we're unique and from from a lot of more of the boutique security firms and that we have broad industry experience that we can leverage. Um, and I think that helps us come into organizations and kind of understand, hey, how how they do business and then taking something like the PCI DSS um, and then fitting it into what they're doing, um, whether it be through a scoping exercise with them, a readiness exercise, um, a full blown assessment, or even just general education. Sometimes it just we'll get on the phone with somebody and they'll just ask us, we don't know anything about this. And we'll just talk through, talk them through, you know, what this means and what it, or what it could mean for the organization. I think that consultative approach is what what we're uh, specifically Kyle and I, but you know the firm as a whole. But but we we take a lot of pride in that. Uh, we want to be able to walk clients through uh, this particular effort, a PCI readiness assessment or an audit, um, and and we understand that this is going to be a lot of new terms that we've discussed like today, uh, and and really work with them to make sure that they understand the objective. And that we're not just jumping to hit a particular level, but why are we doing something? And how can we do it in the most strategic way of, hey, yes, we have to hit this compliance requirement, but what what best aligns with the, the strategic roadmap of your organization as well? Can we kill two birds with one stone? And making sure that we can leverage anything existing in the client in the client's environment, um, up, you know, mappings to other security frameworks, um, other roadmap initiatives and things like that. What what can we do? to align that strategic vision of the organization, as well as uh, meet a particular compliance need as well. And so the ability to, to uh, take a business first mindset um, in a, helping roll compliance into that, I think is something that uh, we, we really value being able to provide for our clients and you know, allow them to dip a toe into PCI, if you will, and make it as, as painless as possible. Tripp and Kyle, uh, where can people go if they want to get in touch with you, find out more information, anything along those lines? Uh, is there a good place for them to go to uh, to do that? Yeah, uh, Weaver.com. Um, and then we have a there's an IT advisory page or even a contact us link at the bottom um, to, to, to find, you know, to reach out to us. And then as well as there's a uh, thought leadership page where we posted um, several things related to PCI, um, as well as some other podcasts um, uh, that might be relevant. So. Excellent stuff. Kyle Morris, Manager for IT Advisory Services at Weaver and Trip Hillman, Director of Cybersecurity Services. Guys, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast today and uh, sharing your insights with us. Yeah, thanks, Tyler.
Thanks a lot. Absolutely. And everyone, thank you for tuning into this episode of Weaver Beyond the Numbers. It's always a blast to have you along with us. Of course, we have previous episodes of the podcast, and Weaver has a lot of content around this area as well. So make sure to go to weaver.com, check out everything that Weaver has on PCI, and, uh, and educate yourself and learn a little bit more about this. And stay tuned for future episodes of the show. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or of course, go to weaver.com. We'll be back soon with new episodes. But until then, for my guests today, Trip and Kyle, I've been your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us. 